LMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding. The street is full of corruption. It is baked in to every aspect of our society. 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This is written over 100 years ago. All right, everybody, it is Steve, the Rogue Scholar, and we are going to be talking about an article that came through my freaking email, but it's not really the article that is so much the important thing, so much as it is the mindset, the thinking that goes into this sort of thing. It's borderline infuriating when you read this. So I'm going to read this article, and it's extremely short because I've got a lot to say, but this right here think is worth checking out. So here we go. We're going to go ahead and share this article. Um, should let everybody come on board, but you know what? We've got eight people watching. It is what it is. So why the Democrats are evil? Now, mind you, this guy is basically trying to make the case that this is just right-wing talking points. And, you know, when I read this, I just lost my mind. I ain't even going to lie. I lost my mind. He says, Cameron examines why some consider Democrats evil, in quotes, and the roots of this perception. He delves into propaganda from right-wing outlets and the attack on the American mythos. Join him in exploring these ideas and finding ways to bridge the divide. All right. This guy, Cameron Cowan, I mean, this is so pathetic. He says, why the Democrats are evil? Now, mind you, this guy does not believe the Democrats are evil. So let's just ride through this. He says, this post was inspired by a Facebook comment I saw once. The poster remarked that Democrats are evil. The idea that anything or anyone can be truly evil is extreme. We throw the word casually around, but the reality is that the e- that evil thing, that, that evil thing are beyond normal and immoral. Evil denotes the intent to do something so terrible and so awful that it harms others and is intended to do so. It is far away from the grace of God as you can get. So let's, before we go any further, let's just touch on this framing that he says about evil. Evil denotes the intent, the intent to do something so terrible and so awful that it harms others and is intended to do so, okay? So keep that, this idea in your brain. This is what he's saying. So why do people think Democrats, leaders and voters are evil? Look at at how he does this. Is it the embrace of diversity? Nope, that certainly isn't it. Is it the desire to use government power to ease human suffering? If only they did, they don't. Or is it something more sinister? I've pondered this question. What would motivate someone to call an entire political party and millions of people who vote for them evil? I'm not quite sure why that word sticks out to me, but it does stick out to me. It speaks of something beyond a mere political disagreement. It invokes the sacred to describe political ideas and opinions. This is particularly salient salient, when you have an entire conspiracy around how Democrats are trafficking children and using them for satanic rituals. Okay, yes, 
the the fruitcakes that put this stuff out there as if this is like a Democratic Party thing. Yes, that is pure trash. I get it. It has no basis in truth, but such an idea is truly evil. He says, I think the more sinister thing is that Democrats are, as I put in what the hell is going on, attacking the American myth. We see this in various debates, especially in the recent hubbub about critical race theory. If you don't teach the horrors of, and see, now this is this is where they're caping. They're trying to put these good ideas, critical race theory, which basically talks specifically about the way history has been taught and the way that it helps people understand real true oppression. But Democrats aren't standing on this. If they were, they would get rid of their austerity. They would be economically literate. They wouldn't be preaching incrementalism. And they certainly wouldn't be talking about bootstraps and work requirements, all kinds of crazy shit, right? But that's that's for another time. We'll talk about that in a minute. It says, if you don't teach the horrors of slavery in the classroom and the roots of racism, then it can be safely kept out of the American mythos. See, the, the guy is taking the, these things that we all know to be true and agree with. Yeah, I'm, I'm a lefty. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, certainly that's awesome. But this is all about performative stuff. This isn't about meaningful, substantive change. And that's the problem we're going to get to in the end. CRT breaks apart the big lie at the heart of the American story. And for those who whom the American myth is as sacred as the Christian Bible, attacking that myth is a kind of evil. See how they try and high road this? Like, like they're suddenly the champions of this. But in reality, CRT is taught in law school. CRT is taught to legal eagles. It's not taught in grade school. So it's all a big farce. So they can get up on top of the high horse and act like they're really, really supporting CRT, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, they're not. If they were, things would be radically different. You would have insured healthcare. You would have insured a job guarantee. You would have insured the expansion of social security benefits. You would have so many other things. They don't care about what really happened that created this concept of CRT because reality is it requires action. It requires a transformative agenda that you fight for you don't cave in and you don't not force the vote you don't do things that anyway we're going to get to that too so comes the other aspect of this is the propaganda put out by fox news all these things are true fox news is horrible right right-wing outlets have elevated a certain kind of person usually white working class and republican voting as real american now we know all this stuff right here we know this to be true. This is what they do. This is truly what the right wing does. This is what Fox News does. And this is what, if you read Raul Carrillo's The Dangerous Myth of Taxpayer Money, then you understand that this is all a total vision that they have to create the ideal. What does a taxpayer look like? So, yes, this is truly evil, and this is what the Republicans do. They only want to crush the American spirit and ruin the American story while Republicans want to restore a country that they have lost. I suppose this is the point at which we have to look at the root cause of that idea. Of course, the root cause, excuse me, of course, the root cause is the lost country as an economic, social, and racial order that has been slowly collapsing for years. 
The Republican Party since 1972 has stood against it, while the Democratic Party since 1976 has embraced that change. See, this is horse shit. This right here is horse shit. Jimmy Carter was the king of austerity, and he used 1976 because this is the trash that a vote blue sycophant would say. A, a vote blue sycophant would sit there and put that stuff out there, okay? Reality is both of these parties have sold you a bill of goods. Republicans selling you that they're going to take down Roe v. Wade. Well, guess what? They played the long game. They took down Roe v. Wade. Democrats said they're going to defend it. Biden, every chance he had, didn't codify it. When the uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg could have been replaced, they didn't replace her. They've had every chance to stack the court. They didn't do it. Okay. Fast forward 45 years and you have a changed America. Millions of people tune into Fox News to see how the Democrats are destroying America today. Day after day of that might lead someone to say that Democrats are evil. It's folks, this is the this is how aloof they are. This is how completely disconnected from reality they are. They aren't allowing the America of old to come back. They are moving to a new world that seems frightening to people who aren't interested in sharing in the American dream. Now, I'm gonna pause for just a second. This is really important. When you sit there and focus on the identity politics without the economic justice, when you just say, you must behave better without saying, but here is the money to ensure that you can live better. Here is the programs, here's the services to ensure that you can live better, okay? They make it so that the system is so fucking heavily stacked against regular people that they are gonna war against each other. Republicans, unfortunately, for whatever reason, see things the way they do because, A, they're white supremacists, B, they're accustomed to a certain lifestyle and it's de degrading and they're finding a scapegoat because scapegoats are what comes from neoliberalism. Scapegoats come from fascism and neoliberalism is proto-fascism, okay? And when you do these whole, you know, balancing whether or not we're going to give people $2,000 checks or whether we're going to go ahead and get rid of all the student debt or whether it's all that we're going to pick winners. We're going to let a few people win. We're going to let a few people lose that whole mindset creates a shit storm because that is neoliberalism. Well, have you done enough to earn the right to have your student debt removed? What, well, what about the others? Okay. Anyway, let's get back to this here. So day after day of that might lead someone to say the Democrats are evil. And yes, let's, let's give the acknowledgement that Fox News spends all their time focusing on Democrats. But Democrats are not the left. And by focusing on Democrats, they get to paint all the left as if this is the left. And so the lie is baked into the air cover that Democrats feel that they deserve, which is they're the left, but they're not the left. They are not in any way, shape, or form the left. It's a, they aren't allowing the America of old to come back. They are moving on to a new world, and that seems frightening to people who aren't interested in sharing the American dream with folks that don't look like them. One more time coming back out. So I interviewed Fadl Kaboob a long time ago. I interviewed him a bunch of times. But I interviewed him a long time ago on xenophobia and climate crisis and how they're going to be climate refugees, okay? And the reality is, is that even people within the uh, Freedmen group that are trying for reparations now and stuff, 
even those folks have an axe to grind with immigrants because they feel immigrants are brought to this country and literally pulled to take away from black and brown people. And without a federal job guarantee, without public spending, without guaranteed basic needs, it's easy to see how they would scapegoat immigrants as well, and scapegoat the poor, and scapegoat all the different marginalized communities because they want something. And they're looking and they're like, well, where's mine, right? So let's keep it real, yo. Let's get back to it. What can we conclude from all this? I'm not quite sure. Perhaps I only offer these thoughts to process an observation I've made on this. This all started with a Facebook post that stuck out in my mind. Politically, it is very hard to negotiate and compromise with people who think you're evil. How do we bring America together when we think the people opposite of them are evil? I don't know how to bring a country back from that. Okay. So now that we're done with his silly article, I'm going to go ahead and basically uh, bring us to a understanding here. I think of it like this. If you see somebody in quicksand or they're in the water drowning and you say, I want to help you. How can I help you? And you just lean over and you look at them. How can I help you? And they're like, reach your fucking hand down and pull me out of the water. And you're like, I don't know what to do. Whatever shall I do? Oh my God, it's unfair. Oh, I'm so sorry you have to die. Oh, I feel so bad. But you didn't actually reach your hand into the water to help the person out of the water. You didn't reach your hand in or throw a rope in to pull them out of the quicksand. You were just like, oh my, performative, right? It's performative. So you do not, just like Bernie Sanders and the the squads and Jaya Paul and the rest of them suddenly trotting out medical uh, uh, Medicare for all out of nowhere, okay, out of nowhere, suddenly out of power. Not when Biden was there with the supermajority, not when they had the fucking straight line to passing Medicare for all. Except they don't want to pass Medicare for all. You see what I mean? They don't want to pass Medicare for all. So now the performative act is we know that the Republicans have control of Congress and we know that by extension, that means that they are literally not going to do anything. So let's go ahead and put this bill out there that everybody's been asking for now that we have no prayer. Let's do it now so it looks like we're fighting a good fight. See, to me, that's evil. That is evil, okay? Because people that really need health care have nowhere else to turn. Who are they going to go to? And so they allow them to believe. They allow them to believe that they're fighting for them when in truth, the time to have done this was when Joe Biden first took office, when they had the wind at their backs. And we could have seen, they could have literally let a vote go through and we could have seen all the hands that didn't go up in favor of it. And we could have all taken direct action against those candidates. And that's why they didn't do it. That's precisely why they didn't do it. They didn't want to have those people targeted. So they protected them by not forcing a vote. That is evil. Do you understand? That is the definition of evil. And to take this jackass's comment, let me just read his, I'm not going to bring it back on the screen. I gave him enough airtime there. 
But he says evil denotes the intent to do something so terrible and so awful that it harms others as is intended to do so. Okay. What other possible reason is there? You want to maintain their enthusiasm. You want to maintain their vote. You want them to vote for you. You want to put the air cover out there that you're fighting for health care when in reality, when you had the free green light to do it, you chose not to. Let me take it a step further. Joe Biden, when he was running for office, when he was running for president, said, I will give you $2,000 checks, period. This is, this is, you can guarantee it. You can guarantee we will give you these, this money. Then all of a sudden he got elected and what did he do? Nothing, not a fucking thing. That, my friends, is evil. Because it's not like he's giving it to the rich people. Oh no, they're doing that with interest rate hikes right now, giving billions upon billions of dollars to the rich. We asked for $2,000 checks for little people that barely were surviving. And even that was nowhere near enough. And they didn't do it. They did not do it. Okay. So we talk about modern monetary theory here an awful lot. And the rank and file voters truly don't understand MMT. They don't. And then there are economists out there who are paid to not know MMT. You understand there's a group of people out there paid to not know MMT, to not understand, like Larry Summers and Paul Krugman and Jason Furman. There are people literally paid to not understand how federal finance works, even though they advise people on how federal finance works. Okay, that is evil. They they are doing harm to people. Now, I want you to think about something. We are no longer in a chattel slavery society. But the results of chattel slavery are everywhere. We can see them everywhere. Hence the need for CRT. But when they removed the straight up chattel slavery from society and turned it into debt peonage and turned it into, you know, ways of getting the working poor to be debtors and slaves by extension. When they changed those things, you can look back in time and you could see there were different rules for slaves because they weren't even considered human beings. They were considered property. There were different rules for them than there were for slave owners. And there were different rules for slave owners there were for the aristocracy, although many times the aristocracy was slave owners, right? Jefferson, Washington, all of these folks, slave owners, right? But here we are today, and you see guys like Daniel Snyder who take out an illegal loan of $50 million without his business partner's approval. There's no legal action being taken on him. You see rich people every day violate the law and find a way to get the proper, you know, legal support in the system to walk away scot-free. You watch a poor person jaywalk and they're going to be held to that fine. They're going to make them pay that fine every single time. That is evil. Okay. 
That is evil. The entire structure of society is based on class-based privileges that they deny. They deny class in society. But it's not hard to see. And so what happens with the Democrats? The Democrats end up having, instead of uh, universal rights, universal basic needs, not basic income, fuckers, basic needs met, okay? Instead of doing those things, they cherry pick. Look at Joe Biden's effort for student debt. He dinked and dunked around the edges and is going to have to fight like hell if he really means it to keep it. Just to keep that little tiny sliver that doesn't even pay most of the big time uh, uh, debtors interest payments, okay? And when these things kick back in, it is going to literally destroy millions of families. Because out of the blue, suddenly another $500 a month is going to be extracted from their family's paychecks. That is evil. Because number one, they know that they could do more. Let me explain something. When the Debt Collective wrote their executive order, their legal eagle executive order for Joe Biden to sign to eradicate all student debt, he said, no, not going to do it. He was advised forever to just wipe it all out. He didn't do it. Wouldn't do it. Why? Is it because he couldn't do it? Absolutely not. He absolutely 100% could do it. So why do you suppose Joe Biden didn't do that? Why do you suppose he left everyone with student debt strangling around their neck? Why do you think he said up front, I will not support Medicare for all? We have the ACA deal with it. Well, the Unaffordable Care Act is anything but good. It's horrible. It is neoliberalism. It is a handout to insurance companies. Okay? Do you think they didn't know that? Do you think that there weren't discussions where people explained it to them? Do you think they were completely unaware? No, they knew, and they didn't do it. Why? because they have palms to grease. Who hurts? Who gets hurt in this? The poor. Not just the poor, but families, regular families, middle-class families, okay? It went all the way up to middle-class family level how bad this hurts. And they knew. They did know. It's not a secret. They knew. That is evil. When you come in, and you talk about how we want to be good global citizens and we want to take care of the environment and all this stuff. And your first point of order is to ensure markets are in place, that the capitalists get what they want. When that's your first take and you're sitting there talking out of one side of your mouth, you're all about the environment while on the other side of your mouth, you're caving into Joe Manchin and the parliamentarian. That is evil, period. See, I want you to think about what you would do for yourself. Forget everybody else for a moment. Just put yourself in this position. If you were in a life and death struggle, 
would you just curl up and go fetal and just say, fuck it, I'm dead? Or would the survival instinct kick in for you and you would fight like you had to? That's what most of us deal with. Okay, we're, when our backs are against the wall, our internal mechanism to survive kicks in. Okay, it kicks in. You can tell these bougie motherfuckers whose survival is in no way, shape, or form impacted by whether there's Medicare for all or not, whether there's a cost of living increase yearly like supposed to be with Social Security or not, whether or not they have housing provided as a right. They're good. They're living in their mansion. They're fine. All these things are things that they know they could do, but they don't do. And when they bring it up, like a Green New Deal, I want you to think about the Green New Deal. The Green New Deal was a great idea. And what didn't go far enough. But then again, we don't know what it did because it was a framework. When you explain to people this was a policy framework for building an overall comprehensive uh, approach to dealing with not only climate crisis, but inequality baked in from climate crisis and everything else, it died on the vine the minute Joe Biden took office. I'm not fighting for any Green New Deal. I'm not a socialist. I'm a capitalist. Fuck that socialist over there. And, and, which is a joke because, as you see, Bernie Sanders is not a socialist either. Okay? So, with all that said, now what do you do? Who are you running to? Who are you complaining? Is it the Republicans that took all this stuff off the table? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Evil to me is letting someone believe that you're going to do something important for them. Okay? And then you you make a promise. You say, I'm going to do this thing. And then you don't do that thing. It's not regular people that aren't going to be hurt. It's the people that are going to be hurt that are counting on you to deliver. And you punt. You just go, yeah, I'm good. Moving on. I'm good. Now, we know that Republicans and their ideology is baked in evil. It's baked in angry, malicious, scapegoating, all the rest of it. But the problem is, is that every time we look to Democrats to fill their, the void, we're always let down. We either have Cory Booker sweeping the legs on a pharmacy bill, or we have Joe Manchin or Kristen Cinema. right? There's always a rotating villain. And they never do it when they have full power, when they have the presidency, when they have the Senate, when they have the House. They never, ever work for those people that thought they were voting for their saviors, that thought they were voting for the people that were going to bring about health care for all, that were going to bring about all these things. They don't do it. So to me, that broken promise, that unwillingness to fight, that lie to the dying, to someone that's desperate, they're like, please save me. I, I, if you don't do this, my whole world's going to fall apart. 
and they go late for brunch, baby. Late for brunch. That is evil. So here, let's let's I'm I'm going to deviate from this because I there's conversations that don't have anything to do with what I'm talking about going in. So let's just answer them. So humorous. I wish I could get Steve to explain to me why everyone in this country thinks we have a debt that we're going to default on. Who are we in debt to? Our laws create our money. When we write a when we go out there and we say, "Hey, we need someone to build 10 bridges." And the federal government puts an RFP out to those companies to do 10 bridges. The money that we would be paying them, the way that they have this set up, okay, we have to sell bonds to offset deficit spending. But those things right there, those bills, those things will be stopped. They're saying we're not selling any more bonds to cover deficit spending. Change the rule. That's the rule. The rule is that deficit spending through the Fed, they have to sell an offsetting bond. That's what that's what the saying is, okay? It's not so much just a bond. They just can't just uh, ask money to be spent into existence without the air cover of a bond. But we already know bonds don't actually finance spending. But when we sell a bond, even though we create the money, we st- a debt is something we owe. It doesn't mean that we can't come up with it in space because we got it everywhere. We got it oozing out of our ears, money coming out of our ass, coming out of our fountains, coming out of the keyboard, whatever. Of course we do. But it's still a debt. A debt is something you owe, even if you have the ability to pay it. If you have, if you have the money sitting right here and you say, I owe you $10 a week. I know I've got all the money that I promised you here, but I'm still only giving you $10 a week because that's what our agreement is. It's still a debt, even though they've got all the money. It doesn't mean it's not a debt. It's still a freaking debt, and they have to pay the bills that they've incurred. So I'm a contractor for the government. I go out there and I pave a road. I pave a road. I'm sitting there. It's like, hey, when are you getting me my, my money? And your payments are 10 net 30, 10 net 40, or 45, or 10 net 90, or whatever the the terms are for when you receive payment. Well, if the government hasn't gotten authority to spend past the debt limit, which is the number of securities they sell, okay, then they can't do it because that's the law. That's the statute that they hang their hat on. It's not real debt. It's not anything meaningful. It's bullshit. We could get away from it. We could say... This is crap. In fact, if you listened to me the other day, I explained that the debt ceiling law of 1917 isn't even really technically enforceable anymore because of like five other bills, five other laws, et cetera, including the 14th Amendment that 14th Amendment preceded it. But all the other laws after it, they literally supersede this. So is it a debt? If I owe you money, even if I have the money in hand, but I still owe it to you. It's a debt until I pay you my money. Well, when we hire workers, it's a debt to pay them their paycheck until we pay them their paycheck. It's that simple. We do have debt. It's just not the debt you think it is. It's not like some burdensome thing that goes to our grandchildren. All right. So let's go past this real quick. Anyway, as far as I'm concerned right now, I want us to think about this. Every single time that we put our hope and our faith in someone, when they say they're going to fight for us, 
There is a performative nature or there is an actual nature, right? You know for a fact that if your child had their leg stuck in a hole and you saw a car coming or maybe their foot stuck under the railroad tracks, you would move heaven and earth to get that child out from the railroad tracks so they lived. Democrats don't do that. They don't do any of that. Why? Because they still serve the same master the Republicans do, the wealthy, the corporations. Their role in this theatrical performance is to pretend like they're there to help us. So the Republicans' role in this is to pretend like they're out there to defend the rights of the good people that earn money and to keep things right, God, country, and the red, white, and blue, okay? The Democrats' role is to be the opposite of that, that we're out here to protect this, that, and the other, and that's the, that's the name. But show me where any of that protection actually happens, and it's not killed by Republicans. Most of these things don't even make it to a vote. They don't make it to a vote because the Democrats have no intention of doing the things that this guy that I read from his article claims that they do. It's performative. It's not real. It's spin to get you to vote for them, to get you to believe that they got your back. And what's funny, my, my stances, I, I hold them. I believe them. I put them out there for you. I usually try to back up everything I say with some form of fact, some sort of empirical evidence. But there's so much of this over the last... Hell, let's just say the last 10 years, much less the last 50, okay? The guy was giving credit to Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter was the beginning of austerity. Historian Harvey Kay, who is absolutely an FDR Democrat, a proud FDR Democrat. When I tried to give Reagan most of the credit for screwing the country up with neoliberalism, he said, not so fast. He says, you got to go back four years before Reagan and look at Carter. And he's right. But Democrats don't do that. Why not? Why don't they tell the truth? And, you know, I don't think rank and file Democrats are necessarily evil. But I do believe that there's an incredible amount of rank and file Democrats that when walking their texting on their phones, on their, on their iPhones at that, on the way to get their skinny latte, if there was a dead person on the sidewalk, they would walk right over them as they're texting and they wouldn't think about it because it would in interfere with their brunch plans. I do believe that. I've seen it. Okay? So when I see evil, when I see evil, hey, if you want to... Janet says, post up part of Jimmy Carter, please. Just go check out the macaroni cheese episode with Harvey K. He talks about it in there. Go go to the transcripts. You, you don't even have to listen to the whole thing. You can just put the word Carter in there, and it'll come right up. Okay? Um, but suffice it to say, when you are expecting, when your life is on the line, and someone gives you false hope, when they give you a false promise and you put your heart and soul into it. This is what the Democrats did when they yanked the carpet out when we fought for Bernie Sanders. 
when we fought for Bernie Sanders, people that didn't have any money poured all their money into Bernie Sanders. People who had jobs and families devoted themselves to helping Bernie Sanders get elected. And then in 2016, at the DNC convention, or is that 2015? 2015, actually, I guess that would have been July. July 20th, July 23rd, somewhere in there, right? 2015. Bernie told all the delegates, hey, don't go out there on the floor and fight for me. I'm going to go ahead and fold the tent and support Hillary Clinton. And you saw him crying up in the stands. That was hard. It killed me. But I remember all the delegates who lost their mind that staged a walkout anyway. That is following through. What Bernie did left a lot of people in a lot of pain. A lot of pain. So, anyway, long story short, I think that it's very important to know that if you tell somebody that you're going to do something and they're counting on you to do it and you just don't follow through, that's dickheaded, certainly. It's douchebaggy for sure. But I don't think most people do that to be evil. I think they're just assholes. I think that they're selfish, self-centered assholes for not following through, for not doing their best. But that's not evil. Evil is when you know that you're not going to follow through, when you know that you're going to cave in and you allow people to believe a lie a lie that you sell, okay? So I want it to be clear because I, I get pushback from people a lot when they say, what, what, what are you using the word evil? It's like, well, because I believe they meant to do harm. I don't believe they were just simply misguided. Do I believe the average Democrat is deaf and dumb and born to follow? Yep. Do I believe the leadership is willfully doing it? Yes, I do. You know, I was listening to a a sports program, and I know that sports isn't, you know, what the show's about, but I, I, I do enjoy sports. Right, wrong, or indifferent, I enjoy sports. And they're talking about the Washington commanders on the radio. And the guy said, you know what? The thing that made the quote unquote Washington Redskins, the the celebration of the land before Daniel Snyder was that they were about honor and respect. And at that time, Joe Gibbs and the Oneida tribe were locked arms. The Oneida tribe was the one that drew the logo for the Redskins helmet. Okay, so there was camaraderie and symmetry. It was about doing your best. And even if you lost the game, it wasn't that you just lost. It was that you fought hard to the end, that you tried, right? And he says, what good does it do to change the name 
if you're not going to actually field a team that tries to the end, that fights to the end, that works hard for you. It's like you're selling a ticket to people and they're paying good money to go see this stuff. But in reality, they have no intention of trying to win. They're just taking your money. They're doing the bare minimum. Okay. And, and he talked about what you're looking for is integrity. What you're looking for is character. What you're looking for is people of goodwill following through on what they said they would do. And so I think it's important to mentally get that into your head that when you're voting for, like, I'll give you another example. A whole new version of the libertarian left sidling up to RFK Jr., and I said, RFK Jr. is not for Medicare for all. And on my life, everybody's heads explode because he said, well, you know, I mean, gosh, if I was able to design a system from the ground up, you know, Greenfield and all, sure, I'd want universal health care. But I don't think Medicare for all is, um, you know, really politically feasible. But, you know, hey, whatever. Now, I want you to think about this. You already know if you've been following us or you've been following other groups that are fighting for Medicare for all, how much work it is to get people to move, even though everybody wants it. Congress isn't moving. Congress won't even hold a vote on it. Joe Biden says, I'll veto it. Okay. So you know that it's a hard fight. It's a fight that would have to be really, really undertaken. But he says, yeah, I don't think it's politically feasible. But yeah, sure, if I could start from scratch, yeah, I'd probably want a single pay. Well, guess what? That in a bag of chips gives you nothing, okay? It gives you nothing. So I said the dude isn't for Medicare for all. Why? Because he's not going to fight for it. I don't care if when you're sitting there playing with your fucking kids in front of the television set, bouncing them on your knee, you say, yeah, you know, wouldn't Medicare for all be nice? That's not your job. You're calling up there to be the fucking president. And you want to tell everybody, eh, it's not politically feasible. Fuck you, it's not feasible. It's not feasible to protect gay and lesbian marriage either. But we did that, right? It's not politically feasible to stop jailing people for marijuana. It's not politically feasible to give people a job guarantee. It's not politically feasible to make us not live in a capitalist hellhole where everybody is literally running from an axe as the economy butchers them. It's not politically feasible to turn that up when you got Elizabeth Warren out there saying, I love markets to my bones. I'm a capitalist to my bones, okay? No, it's not feasible. But you gotta fight for it. You gotta socialize the idea. You gotta get people understanding there's more to this than it is. And he didn't do it. He won't do it. Instead, he's out there talking about how vaccines create fucking autism. Fucking crackpot. Okay? So I said that. And some jackhole says, you're a liar. He loves Medicare for all. I said, listen to his fucking interview on Crystal. I don't really listen to breaking points ever. But just because so many fucking people keep, it's time to vote for another Kennedy. Another rich conservative Kennedy. Yeah, we got to do that. Fuck you, man. No, we don't. 
And not only that, but the lie, once again, the big lie I've talked about so much. Democratic Party has said they're not going to host these people for debates. They're not going to run a meaningful primary. These folks right here genuinely don't have a prayer. The party has no responsibility to do any of this stuff. So the idea of getting excited and hopped up about some fucking primary challenge is a lie. It's a distraction for you to start door knocking, for you to become re-engaged in the vote blue machine. Okay? This is what they did with Bernie Sanders the first run. That Bernie was really there to be a shadow boxer for Hillary. He didn't think he had a prayer. But lo and behold, everybody wanted Bernie Sanders. And son of a bitch, they had to take it seriously. I don't think anybody was prepared for that. And so what did they do? The DNC swooped in and made sure it didn't happen. Okay? So, to me, making people believe that you have a prayer of running for office, a prayer for getting the nomination, to me, is pretty fucking evil when you know that you don't, when you know that you can't. Now, do whatever, man. But I want to be crystal clear. It's not just Republicans and right-wing outlets that are saying the actions of the Democrats as they push NATO, as they push various aspects of the political order that literally enforces empire. When you look at that and you say, hey, wait a minute, maybe they're not the good guys after all. If I just told you what they're doing and I didn't tell you who was doing it, if I just told you that they're using the IMF to enslave global South countries with debt slavery and structural adjustments, and if you didn't know that, you might be inclined to say, oh, it's the bankers. No. This is the uh, the Democrats' thing. This is their jam. Watching what's happening with Putin. Now Putin, the Putin puppets and all the other shit. They needed an enemy, a demon, to be able to try and do the things they're doing. So what do they do? They've gone after China and they've gone after Russia. Does that mean Russia's good or Putin's good? No, they could be bad. I don't know. I'm not here to judge. But I am here to say that they act like they're the good guys. They're here to protect you. But in reality, what they're doing is reinforcing empire. They're using sanctions. They're using tools. They're using the SWIFT system. They're using all manner of geopolitical weaponry, including the threat of hot wars, to ensure and maintain empire. And what is empire by any other means than enslaving those other nations by dominating and oppressing them by using the monetary system? And after talking with Yan Ling the other day, Yan Ling, who is the uh, economist from Willamette University, she is focused on Chinese studies and MMT. She said, point blank, the U.S. needs scapegoats. Can't get its agenda passed without them. So what did Joe Biden do for the last several years? Ratcheted up the Putin stuff even before 
he took NATO and pushed them into the NATO was supposed to be disbanded freaking almost a century ago. 75 years ago, 70 years ago, it was supposed to be disbanded forever ago. But instead, NATO continues to grow. And if you know MMT, you understand that the coercive force of the tax is backed up by the police state. It's backed up by the military. It's backed up by a bunch of things. Okay? And that's the way it is with hegemony around the world. It's backed up with a military. It's backed up with a gun. So if you think about this, if you think about this, the rank and file, they just see how bad the Republicans are. And the Republicans are awful. Don't take anything that I'm saying as a, in any way, shape or form, as saying the Republicans are good. They're awful. It's disgusting. It's disgraceful. But it's so obvious that it's shocking at times to see people sidle up to it. Okay, all in the name of owning shit libs. Anyway, when you know that people are voting for you to do a job and you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that the will of the people, the only thing that's got you in power supposedly is the will of the people, which I don't believe, by the way, but that's okay. I'm going to play the game. With that in mind, if you believe that, and they capitulate every single time, that is evil. Because your need to have your spleen removed, your need to have a liver transplant, your need to have a heart transplant, your need to have radiation therapy or chemo or whatever, that's very real. Them playing with you is cruel, and cruel is evil. So never, ever, ever let them cape like they're the good guys again. Demand that they say it and what they say they do. If they tell you they're against empire, make them prove it. Not when it's politically feasible, but always. There's never a wrong time to be anti-imperialist. There's never a wrong time to stand up against oppression. There's never a wrong time to tell the story about how money works. There's never a wrong time to do the right thing. But the Democrats who get so much free ride from friends, by the way, of ours and millions of others creates the scenario that builds more fascists day in and day out than the fascists could. The fascists can't succeed because people genuinely don't want that shit. They only succeed because of the fecklessness, intentional fecklessness of the Democrats. And they do this with air cover. And everybody says, why, why are you saying this? However, can we heal a country when they think oh, millions of people are evil? Stop being evil. If you're real and it's not performative shouldn't be a problem i want to say something and this is my last closing thought this is departing from evil and it's just focusing purely on the intent of government in my way of understanding government it's supposed to be by for the people 
by and for the people. We the people. It's clearly not. But government in and of itself is neutral. It's it's nothing. It's it's it could be us, but it's not. Okay? So when I say small government, big government, good government, bad government, government doesn't care, government does care, it, it's really a matter of who's in there and what the intent is. Okay? So I want to make sure I want to make absolutely fucking sure that we understand that when you think you're sending someone to office to do a job for you and they capitulate and they don't do that job and you suffer because they didn't do that job, I want to see them like when we were talking about the Washington Redskins. It's not about the name. It's about going out and losing but by fighting to the end at least, really meaningfully fighting, putting a fight up and not just throwing in the towel, the performative towel that they never intended to follow through on in the first place. Anyway, I'm Steve Grumbine. I hope to God this was a decent stream. I really just get set off when I see Democrats uncritically try to claim the the high road, like they're somehow or another the good guys in the mix. And it's super easy to look at the Republicans and go, geez, oh, flip, they're bad. They're awful. They're evil. It's easy to do that. And because it's so easy to do that, we oftentimes forget just how bad the Democrats are and how unaccountable they are and how their lack of production ends up being very painful for the vast majority of society because in this charade called politics, these are the guys that are supposed to be standing up to these debt ceiling bullshit things, and they're not. Look at Joe Biden. Not using the legal tools in his pouch. Why? Because this debt ceiling is something he could get rid of. He could stand up end yesterday by saying, look, here's the precedent. Fix it. He doesn't do it. Why? Because he's evil. And I'm out of here. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support our efforts, please take a moment to subscribe and check out our other work on the Real Progress in Action YouTube channel and visit our sister organization's website at realprogressives.org. 